night is football night. Big hits. Great plays. Rolling end zone, taking a shot, and it's caught. School spirit. All of that is on display all around Northern California. It's time for the Friday Night Football Show. Presented by Top Rank Heating and Air. One, two, three. Here are your hosts, Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. Hour number two of the Friday Night Football Show. We're on Sports 1140 KHDK. Presented by Top Rank Heating and Air Conditioning. My name's Matt George. Joined by Charles T. Hamilton. A fun hour in the books, and we have a loaded second hour for you. Three guests are joining us, including Delaro head coach Jeff Walters. Uh, he reached out to me. We're finally able to uh, get him on. His game went late against Intercom, and even though Delaro uh, came up a little bit short, he is still uh, wanted to make sure that we knew that he is happy to come on and discuss this game, so very anxious to uh, chat with him. We're getting him on the line right now, and then immediately following that interview, Michelle Dapper of KCRA is going to be joining us. She was at the Paradise versus East Nicholas game. And then at 11.30, Joe Davidson of the Sacramento Bee will be joining us, and we have an entire section of football, including some great stories that he's written for the Sacramento Bee uh, to discuss with him for the remainder of this hour. So do not turn that dial at all, Chuck. It's just a fantastic night. We're really spoiled with talent here in this area and very lucky that we have so much to talk about here so early on in the season. You got that right. I mean... I, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm glowing over that Whitney interview, and their story is so great. And, it, you know, it hits home for me coming from a, a bad team that, you know, we, we, we were still bad, yeah. I'm not going to lie, but, you know, got a couple wins and just how, how much of a difference it makes uh, in just the experience. But, uh, dude, Whitney seems like they're for real because they didn't beat some pancake team. They took on Placer. You know, like they they got themselves a huge win tonight. And if you're just tuning in and you missed that story, maybe you're heading home or partying after that Whitney win. Uh, you can uh, catch that on KHDK.com, the podcast of this show, commercial three, uh, free. Both hours will be up on KHDK.com's Friday Night Football page within 20 minutes of this show being wrapped up. So you can catch everything, all of our interviews, all of our conversation there every single week. Again, that's on the Friday Night Football page on KHDK.com and one guy that we were very fortunate, Chuck, to get to know last year was Del Oro head coach Jeff Walters. And and we followed the Del Oro Golden Eagles very closely last year, a very successful season, getting all the way to the championship game, but unfortunately uh, falling short to, lo and behold, the Folsom uh, Bulldogs. And Coach Walters is an incredible guy, an incredible football mind, runs an amazing program. You had the pleasure of speaking with him in person as he uh, and a few players of his came in studio to join you. I was out on my, uh, my honeymoon at the time, but... Uh, Jeff is joining us right now, and Jeff, I'm determined to get you and some players back in here and actually be there this time because I would love to meet you in person. Tonight, unfortunately, a rough night for you against Intercom, but I know uh, you uh, have your head held high. You're going to tip your hat to that Intercom program because they're fantastic, and certainly some lessons to be learned from this game here tonight to apply to the remainder of this season. Thank you so much for joining us for another season here on Friday Night Football. Yeah, no, man. I mean, I think you uh, just summed up my entire interview there, so I'm not really sure that I can add anything to that. That was fantastic. Oh, good. Well, I'll just hang up on you now and move on. I am the head coach of Delaware football now. Actually, there's no oxygen left in the room after that. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm just trying to give you an intro worthy of you and your program, coach. And even though, like I mentioned, I didn't get the the job done tonight. Are there first? Let's start with a positive. Uh, Getting off to a one and zero start, and then coming into this game. What are the positive takeaways from this game here tonight against Intercom, a very game Intercom? Yeah, no, I mean, um, you know, obviously uh, Coach McNally's uh, celebrating the opposite side of it tonight over at Whitney, and hats off to them for for getting out to a good start. But I think that's really what the preseason is about. 
is, you know, you want to challenge yourself. Um, you know, you can load up on, on teams that may not necessarily be in your class, but obviously, you know, we're always trying to play the best possible preseason. And, you know, sometimes that means that you're going to take a loss, but, you know, we tell our kids all the time that, that failure just means first attempt and learning. So technically on the scoreboard, it might be a fail, but there was an awful lot of lessons, like you mentioned, that we can take away from this game. Um, you know, and obviously hats off to Endercom. They're real, real well-coached program. And, you know, uh, uh, Coach Stark um, finally got one against us. So, you know, hats off to them. Are games like tonight, are, are you just anxious to get back to work next week? I know it's Labor Day weekend, so I'm assuming no school uh, on Monday for these guys. Are you guys going to work on Monday for practice? And, and how hungry are you and your team to just get back out there, get ready for next week and, uh, and try and uh, put this one behind you? Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, uh, my message to the kids tonight was um, was to let it hurt a little bit tonight. But, you know, when you wake up in the morning, most important one is the next one. Um, biggest thing I, I did tonight, um, you know, after our, our talk, I, I actually flipped on them, uh, flipped them towards our crowd, and I wanted to point out the fact that our entire student section, they stayed the whole game. You know, nobody left, even though the game was out of, out of reach. And, you know, that's the type of staying power that – that we have in Loomis is nobody's going away. It's, it's a little blip in the road, but obviously it's going to let us to, to grow as a program, you know, and that's what we're going to focus on. So we'll be back to work on Monday um, for a uh, very, very talented Spanish Springs team. Coach, how hard is it to go up against a team running the wing tee or the triple option? Just one of these kind of, I, I hate to use the word gimmick, but, just uh, an old school offense that's run on some yeah. some trickeration, some disguise, but also at the same time some some hard headed football too. Oh yeah, no, it's it's weird how cyclical football is because everybody has kind of adapted and gone to these spread looks, and so it's it's it takes a little while for kids to to get used to it. And Intercom does it about as well as anybody does. You know, the the real struggle we ran into offensively was. Um, you know, with, with film being passed across from uh, Elk Grove film, you know, you had two mashup, you know, old school wing T type teams. So it was hard to get a real look. And, and I think that might have slowed us down offensively um, in the first half, just trying to figure out exactly what they were doing to us. I saw you went for it a couple times on fourth down. Um, is that, do you tend to lean more aggressive in your play calling, or is it just a feel for the game and, and situation? How, how, how do you decide on certain fourth downs to go for it? Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, um, as a staff, we all got to be on the same page, and we got we to gotta have that trust um, that we're going to do what we need to do to be successful. Um, you know, but honestly, um, you can't hesitate. I tell the kids all the time as, as – as rough as this analogy may be, that the dog lying dead in the road is dead because it hesitated. So you got to be all in, uh, <laughs> I like that. and you know you're going to make your way uh, across that road more times than not. So um, obviously, again, we're we're just trying to make plays and trying to put the kids in position to be successful. Um, that's what you got to do with a young squad that's uh, that's a little light on the experience, but they're gaining experience in droves right now. Coach, I don't know how involved you are with the. Del Oro football Twitter account at Del Oro football, but we got to give that Twitter account uh, credit for just, I mean, we, we unfortunately aren't <laughs> able to be out there at these games. So we have to rely on social media and max preps and updates from listeners. And, and by the way, we're getting yeah. calls and texts all the time from people sharing scores and updates. And so thankful for that network. 
But at Del Oro Football does a phenomenal job just giving us the flow and the feel and the drama uh, of the game. And and there were a couple moments in this game that I really wanted to point out. It was a couple third down opportunities defensively where you needed a big stop to have a chance to maybe win this game and and complete a comeback. And there were two third downs that – Intercom converted with a couple of massive runs. Was that just the yeah. case late in the game of your defense running out of gas, going against that wing tee for the entire game, or did they just exploit a couple holes? Some plays got away from you. Can you share with us those moments? Yeah, no. I mean, like I said, it's it's a learning process, and you know, having to uh, replace eighteen starters, you're you're dealing with a defense that that is still learning to trust each other and and understand that you're going to do your job and. You know that's what wing T teams do is when you when you over um, when you get aggressive and you uh, you don't play your role. That's when those big pops happen. We had a couple times where some guys got inside. And like I said, hats off to them. They they uh, they ran a counter play real real well tonight, and um, you know they they finished on a couple more plays than we did. And of course, those individual mistakes and individual accomplishments always create learning opportunities. And we talked a lot last year about the leaders that you had in that locker room and on that field. And of course, you and your coaching staff, you do your be- the best that you can to coach this team, but you need those on-field leaders to really step up in yeah. those moments, even if they're the ones sometimes making those mistakes. Uh, so. Yep. When you had those failures tonight or had those moments where maybe one person or a couple people were out of position and it resulted in, in getting hit for some big plays and, and ultimately sure. losing the game, yeah. are you confident with your, your leaders and have you seen already some leaders step up and, and take control of that locker room? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the character of our team is unquestioned. I, I'd go to war with these guys every single week. They're just special, special kids. And, you know, I, I count my blessings to be their coach every single day and, you know, it's like I told him right before break. I told him I love you, and you know we're gonna get better because of this. And and that's the type of attitude that they take. They they won't be the type that'll hang their heads for very long. And I know that they'll respond because, you know, that's that's just the type of of outstanding young men that that I get to coach every single day. Um, and again, it's it's it runs deep within the core of our of our school. Um, we're just we're just really really blessed to to be in Loomis and to represent you know these small town values coach before we let you go i gotta ask about the new fletcher christensen field dedicated uh to john fletcher and bob christensen if you can just talk about that and then also just let me know how sweet is that new field too (laughs) you know i'll be honest with you i i'd be hard pressed to find a better field in uh placer county and maybe in all northern california it's it's pretty sweet um you know, uh, there's there's a couple perks that come with being a head football coach, but definitely <laughs> one of them is getting to design a field. And and I'll tell you what, we we didn't pull any stops when we wanted to make this field because it's pretty darn sweet. And you know, it definitely it definitely um, sends a message. Um, you know, we're trying to run a first class organization and um, trying to make sure these kids have the greatest experience in the world. And you know, just adding to that, especially after a field that we had last year that was on its 12th season and you could get turf burned by just looking at it. So, um, it was, it's nice. The kids, the kids uh, joke about how great it is not having to get the, uh, the turf tape out before practice anymore. So it's a, it's a great feeling. And obviously, you know, just what a legacy and a foundation that coach Fletcher and coach Christensen set. Um, I mentioned it last week, um, you know, much like how players put on a Jersey, and that number was worn by somebody in the stands, and you have to represent that number to the best of your ability. 
you know, that's the way I feel every Friday night is, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do my best to just walk in the footsteps of the great men who've held this position before and try to do them honor um, and their family's honor as well. Well, Coach, uh, I know you won't brag for yourself, so I'll do it for you. It takes a lot of class, not only to just say the things that you said and, and to handle the program the way you do, but to come on and be so willing to to join us after a tough loss like the one you uh, you suffered tonight. A lot of coaches would not do that, so we certainly appreciate it and, and appreciate just all the love that you've shown KHDK and this station last year, and hopefully for uh, the uh, the remainder of this year, we'll definitely have you back on very, very shortly. I'm serious about getting you in here for a bye week if we can, yeah. uh, so let's try and get that done my friend yeah i would uh, i would absolutely love it it'd be an absolute honor to come hang out with you guys again excellent well coach enjoy tonight as best as you can looking forward to seeing uh, you guys hopefully bounce back next week and and just have a good week of practice and, and make sure those young men are ready to go i know they will be we appreciate you yeah thanks guys great to have you back on Appreciate it, Coach. That is Del Oro head coach Jeff Walters. I always love just talking to him, man. I, I He makes me, like, I'm not a football player, in case you couldn't tell by hearing my <laughs> voice on the radio, and I know Chuck is judging me just by looking at me. Ugh. But a coach like Jeff Walters, judging even Zach so McNally, you, you just want to run through a wall for this I mean, guys. man, it's, it's similar to, like, watching Hard Knocks this year. Like, I've fallen in love with John Gruden again just because he's, he's a football coach. And knock just, if you're with me. T- yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> but just talking to football coaches every week, man, just gets me fired up. And it's just – it's so great and just such a uh, a pleasure and, and, and a treat because it's – you know, it was such a huge part of my life yeah. that, you know, getting to still be a part of it is, is so awesome. And, you know, you mentioned Walters, McNally, all the coaches we've had on before. It's uh, It just gets me fired up. And it's just a, a – a, like almost a language of – of football that uh, that you know getting to talk every week is just so awesome. And we know Whitney and Del Oro are going to play each other at some point yep. this season. Yep. Actually, I, I want to get out to that game. Let me tell you what that is September twenty seventh. Well, that, let's, uh, that sounds like the game we're going to. Let's find a way yeah. to get out to that game. And uh, and here's the reason why. Not only is that going to be a great football game, but I want to get out there selfishly because both Coach McNally and both and and uh, Coach Walters. Very calm, collected, very kind, awesome on the air. But to be a head coach, you have to have that insane side to you. Oh, yeah. And I want to see both of them when they're Well, not just a coach, a player, too. I've always said, you know, I played football and rugby growing up. And people are like, oh, you know, is it hard, this or that, blah, blah, blah. It's like there's got to be a little... A little tweak, a little screw loose. Yeah, and uh, we have, we've all got it, man. I would love to see Walters and McNally <laughs> when uh, when maybe a penalty flag doesn't yeah. go oh, their yeah. way. Oh, yeah. See how they handle uh, that. You could hear both their voices were pretty hoarse too yeah. tonight. You know, I, I understand. Uh, if if your voice isn't hoarse after a football game, yeah, have you even, really done are your even job? Coaching, yeah, yeah seriously. Right. Well, Michelle Dapper from KCRA is kind enough to be back with us here. She joined us last week, went to two games last week. This week, only one, but it was a very uh, interesting and important game. And I've been looking forward to speaking with Michelle uh, all night tonight because she was at the Paradise versus East Nicholas game. And if you know anything about Paradise High School, what they've been through with the, the tragic fires that completely destroyed and uprooted that community uh, last uh, last fall and last summer. Uh, the story that they are in the beacon of hope that Pla- uh, that um, Paradise High School football has been uh, is, is just inspiring and so much fun to follow. We actually saw Paradise, uh, a lot of their athletes come to multiple Kings games last season and get honored inside the Golden One Center. So uh, our entire California and even United States just community and family uh, has really connected to Paradise in a major way and become Paradise fans. Uh, so I'm very anxious to hear from Michelle how this game was tonight uh, and just what it was like for her to be just a part of that culture and a part of that story. So Michelle, thank you so much for uh, joining us back 
here on KHDK. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, how was your night overall, and was it as inspiring as I'm making it out to be? Thanks for letting me join again. And, of course, uh, it was a great night. And it's funny because, you know, we talk about how paradise and basically this community lost everything in that campfire. But tonight was um, from the beginning of the night talking with the coaches. It was about moving forward and they didn't want anything special or they didn't want anything done to remember the campfire. They they wanted to play a football game and and just move forward and, and look forward to the future. So that was kind of the theme. Um, East Nicholas did reach out to them earlier in the week to ask them if they wanted anything special. Can we do anything for you? You know, Paradise said no. We 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 just want to play a hard nosed football game, and that's exactly what it was tonight. Uh, it was back and forth battle all night long. The Spartans pulled within a touchdown in the fourth quarter, but ultimately Paradise edged out East Nick. Final score thirty five twenty eight, and that 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 right there snaps Big Red. 42-game win streak Wow, that dates back to August 28th of 2015. That's the last time they lost. They, they suffered a northern section loss. So, I mean, that that right there, that's a, that's, that's a long streak that was snapped tonight. But um, Paradise, a, a, a bigger school, um, they did lose enrollment because of the fire. So this is the first time that these two programs have actually squared off. Two-storied programs, in fact. But uh, East Nicholas just ran out of gas and... and Paradise is just too strong. They had, they had a double two-headed monster in uh, Lucas Hartley and Tyler Harrison. Lucas Hartley, he had 147 yards rushing in the second half alone wow. with three touchdowns. Tyler Harrison, another two touchdowns. So the, the Paradise Bobcats, they're playing resilient, fearless. and the, I mean, these guys have nothing to lose. So the, they're, they're playing to win and, and just playing. They're already talking a comeback story. So I think it's pretty cool. Well, that's but, but nothing. But nothing to bash East Knicks because they played a, a hard-fought game. They were in it the whole entire night. I mean, they pulled within a touchdown in the fourth quarter, but ultimately it's just, you know, too little too late. You know, I admire their willingness or their desire to, to move on from the entire situation and not let a tragedy define them as a team and as a community. And, and clearly right. they're using football and they use sports and, and school and education as their escape from that that tragedy that affected them, and uh, I think it's I think it's so inspiring when we get stories like this that overlap with sports and overlap with athletics because magical moments and, and things take place. So you explained to us the the game that happened, the incredible stat. Do you mind sharing that one more time? The last time East Nicholas uh, lost, uh, and and how significant that stat was. Yeah, forty two game. They had a forty two game win streak in the northern section. They haven't lost a Northern Section game since August 28th of 2015. That's so, four years. So that's, that's pretty remarkable. So that's I right. have an ESPN 30 for 30 playing in my brain right now about just right? everything that's <laughs> happened and this being the pinnacle, that, that moment. Did it feel like that at the field tonight? Did it feel like you were witnessing an incredible historic moment and the hopefully happy ending to a very tragic story? The, the guys were pumped up. I mean, I, I was listening. I was listening to the huddle uh, post game, and uh, you know, the team said, "This is what makes great teams. You come out, and I mean, Paradise is two and zero, so they're, they're they're feeling good about themselves, and, and they're trying to make things work." East Nicholas. I mean, they, it was East Nicholas's season opener, so they're just getting things started. They're getting their quirks and kinks worked out. Um, I, I still think East Nicholas is, is the team to beat, and uh, they're going to have a, a, a great run this year as well uh i i know paradise is moving on and, and i appreciate the the mindset of the football team moving on but last week i read a bunch of pieces about their game at paradise and just the the environment and 
and all the people that showed up, people that had hadn't been back since the fires showing up for that game. Did you were you able to talk to anyone about uh, last week's game up in Paradise and just the the vibe and and just how great it was having that first game back there? I didn't. I, I talked with um, the East Nippon superintendent, and then their their vibe with, with Paradise was, was let's just move on. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's just trying to move on. I, I think they've had they've had networks and reporters and documentary folks come up to them and, and want to do stories on them. And I think Paradise is pretty much kind of not I mean kind of over it. They they're like we're done. We're, we're not going to do this anymore. So we're moving forward. And I think as as a as a town or as a community as, as a whole, I think they just want to heal and heal their own way. Well, Michelle, the the best way for us to do that as a a football show and for you to do that as a sports reporter and and a sports anchor at KCRA is to really focus on what's happening on the field. And I know you talked about and shared some of the stats with us, but if if we were to have a conversation off the air or just in in general about Paradise and try and uh, direct the conversation away from the tragedy that we faced or they faced, what would be some names or some things about that team based off of you watching them tonight and what you've covered over the last two weeks of them? Uh, to really keep an eye on and to focus on, like what defines that team at, at least on the field? As you know, through two games right now, they're running backs. Tyler Lucas Hartley and Tyler Harrison; those guys took over the ball game. They at the end of the at, at the post game huddle, they talked about the will to win, and, and those two running backs were named as those two players willed this team to win. So I would definitely keep an eye. They can ground and pound. They this team loves to run the football, and they ran it tonight against East Nicholas. Well, Michelle, it is always a pleasure to have you on. I know you're traveling back right now, so uh, so safe travels. We certainly appreciate it. Looking forward to hearing where you're going to be at next week and hopefully getting you back on. But it's an absolute pleasure uh, to speak with you. At all, as always, fantastic job covering this entire situation. And, of course, uh, the story is still to air, if I'm not mistaken, right, on KCRA still yes. coming up? Yes. Oh, you know what? It probably just aired. But, uh, yeah, you can catch it tomorrow morning as well. Well, excellent. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Go to KCRA and check out Michelle's work, Del Rogers, and the rest of that crew. They cover high school football so, so well over there. And, of course, they're now a partner with KHDK as well. Uh, You can see Jason Ross and Carmichael Dave on there before Raiders games. with their Raiders Blitz show. Michelle is on that as well. Uh, Make them part of your TV sports repertoire, and you will not be disappointed, especially when it comes to high school football. So thankful uh, for Michelle joining us we're going to take a quick break come back with a quick scoreboard segment break again and then we will end the show with joe davidson who will be joining us at 11 40 so do not miss out on that excited to talk to him to wrap up uh, this friday night football show on KHDK. now back to more of the friday night football show hot, hot, hot. presented by top rank heating and air the friday night football show. here's matt george and charles t hamilton We are having a lot of fun tonight on Friday Night Football presented by Top Rank Heating and Air Conditioning. So many games uh, went late tonight that we've been trying to update you with the scores as they come. Well, these games have all gone final. We're going to do our best to get as many in as possible for a scoreboard here in just a little bit. But, Chuck, you wanted to uh, share something and point something out with me really quick. Did I? I think so. I'm good. No? Nah. You were pointing at something, so I was a little confused. I was I was wondering uh, about the scoreboard. Got it. Yeah, of course. Was, you know, just a little peek behind the scenes, everyone. Hey, you know, you know when you have yeah. an opportunity to design your show on the air, yeah, exactly. you probably exactly. should take it. I don't know. You put me on the spot. I wanted to make something up. I couldn't think of anything, though. Well, just, I don't know. Make something up. 
How'd your school do? How about our guest tonight, man? How about that? (laughs) (laughs) That is Charles D. Hamilton. My name is Matt George. Week two of the show, having a lot of fun here. Back for our second season. And a big thanks uh, to our sponsor this year, Top Rank Heating and Air Conditioning, for making this show happen. Right now, though, let's dive into this full scoreboard and get through as much as we can in the short period of time before we get Joe Davidson on. And we'll start with Johnson getting the win over WSCA 46-7. Sonora taking on Rip on. Rippin gets the big win, 55-14. The Oak Ridge Trojans barely got that one out. Yeah, the Oak Ridge rough, Trojans man. get the win on the road. They're 2-0 on the season now, 45-20 over Vacaville. Steve McQueen taking on Del Campo. Del Campo gets the win, 31-15. It's actually just McQueen. The Rockland Thunder, 2-0 after the 43-21 win over Franklin. Somerville taking on Galt, one of the better games of the evening. Somerville gets the win, 24-21. Clayton Valley Charter gets the win. They're 21-7 advantage over Turlock. I can't speak either tonight. It's late, man. Oristimba taking on Houston. Oristimba, another close game. That's the thing. We've either got blowouts or really close games. Oristimba gets the win 21, 22 to 21 over Houston. This game was an absolute barn burner. This was an overtime game. Nevada Union getting the job done on the road at Napa 20 to 14 in OT. Is that the one Mrs. George is happy about? No, that's no. East Union. We'll East Union. That. I'm sorry about that. My bad. Too many unions. Linden taking on <laughs> Gustin. Linden gets the win 35 to 7. How about another overtime game for you? This one, Gregory at home gets the win over Merced 27 to 21. Los Banos coming in to take on Hilmar. Hillmar gets the 30-point W, 49-19. This game was decided by a two-point conversion or actually a lack thereof. Oakmont holds on at home against Roseville, 21-20. Roseville tied the game up or had a chance to tie the game up, instead decided to go for the two-point conversion and the win through an interception. Oakmont celebrates the W. Edison taking on Modesto Christian. Edison able to squeak out the 62-0 W. Another close shutout here, 49-0. Davis gets the win over Franklin. This one actually was close, and again, we'll ask Joe if this was a basketball game or a football game. Downey taking on Manteca. Downey gets the win, 54-48. De La Salle, they won again, 49-14. No surprise, they get the win over Central Catholic. Rio Linda taking on Casa Robo. Rio Linda gets the win, 54-26. 43 points for Vacaville Christian. That'll get the job done as they beat the California School for the Deaf. 43 to 8 Falcons over Eagles. Sierra taking on Central Valley. Sierra gets the W 42-14. Highlands, a shutout victory over Lyndhurst 49 to nothing. Central with the win over Grant 38 to 7. Delta gets the 29 to 13 victory on the road over Riverbank. V Whitney Wildcats. Wildcats. Wildcats beat Placer. 47 to 34. We talked to Coach Zach McNally about that win earlier. Whitney, a team on the rise, man. I'm definitely keeping my eye on them. And rather than getting one more score in, I'll share this because I had two cousins that went to Whitney High School, including one of my cousins who actually opened up Whitney High School. And the reason why they are called the Wildcats, at least this is what I've been told. If it's wrong, Wildcat fans, please feel free to call me and tell me I'm an idiot or or call my cousin. It's her fault. But she said it was right when High School Musical was super popular. So the students... Were they called the, the Wildcats in yeah. High School Musical? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, come on. Wildcats. Right on. Get your head in the game or whatever. I don't know. You saying. can pick a cooler name than that. Team Zach Efron, baby. Uh, who, who we got? The Fighting Zebras? That's my team. Yeah, that's the Lincoln Fighting, yeah, Lincoln Zebras. Fighting Zebras. They got the victory tonight. Actually, let me scroll down and make sure I can get that game in yeah, because they, in uh, they looked really good against uh, Antelope at home. The Lincoln Fighting Zebras getting the 28-7 victory. Shout out those Fighting Zs. Chris Watkins is not with us tonight. Rough night for him, though. Mm. Christian Brothers, 
Falling to Pleasant Grove, 56-12 to 12 on the road. They'll bounce back. They'll be all right. Yeah. They'll Chris, be all right. Chris, Chris will bounce back. He'll Granite Bay got the W as well at home, 25-7 to 7 over DeMonte Ranch. Those are not the only scores, but they were all that we could get to in this short segment before we go to break and go to Joe Davidson. You can go to KHDK.com right now. Go to the fan, uh, Friday Night Football page. You can find the full scoreboard, all of the action from tonight. Also, you can vote on next week's KHDK Game of the Week. Check that out during the break, and when we come back, Joe Davidson of the Sacramento Bee joins us right here on Friday Night Football, Sports Slum 40 KHDK. Now, back to more of the Friday Night Football Show. Hot, hot, hot. Presented by Top Rank Heating and Air. The Friday Night Football Show. Here's Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. Final segment of Friday Night Football here, presented Ooh. by Top Rank Heating and Air Conditioning. And it's a long segment for you because Joe Davidson of the Sacramento Bee will be joining us very, very shortly. My name is Matt George. Joined by Charles T. Hamilton. We have had a show full for you already. Delaware head coach Jeff Walters joined us. Whitney head coach Zach McNally joined us. Michelle Dapper from KCRA 3 joined us. And you can catch everything that you might have missed tonight on KHDK.com. The podcast of tonight's show and every show will be up in about 10-15 minutes following tonight's mm-hmm. show. So be sure to check that out. And you can listen to it on demand at any time via the KHDK app or on KHDK.com. Do not miss a single thing. And get plugged into this Sacramento football community, will you? Absolutely. Uh, Michelle and Joe are always great. But, man, I something about having the coaches on gets me ready to, to suit up. I want to put my helmet on and, you know, take you out, Matt. Well, <laughs> that wouldn't take much. Yeah, I don't need the helmet. No, you don't need pads either. In fact, stay away from me. Yeah. The uh, only position that I can play at football is a goalpost. You can punt, maybe. You got a leg? Mm, no, no, no. No. Eh. Not at all. I tried to kick a field. Like, word up to field goal kickers. Yeah, like, no question. Kicking a field goal. Have you ever tried that? It's, yeah, like, I have. I can't get the ball yeah. more than five yards off the ground. I mean, I'm as athletic as a twig, but. I was. Uh... I, in in college, we were getting killed in a game, and we scored late. And my coach let me kick an extra point. Did he hit it? No, I got blocked. <laughs> hey, yeah. I would have I would have faked an injury. Yeah, well, no, it wasn't my fault. They didn't they didn't they didn't block him. Oh, That's not on me. It was were... online. It was a perfect kick. I know that. It was going, man. That would have been good from fifty. I can tell you, Joe Davidson. Do you believe a word of that, Joe? I believe there was no athleticism involved, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Are you talking about me or Chuck? Yeah, take your pick. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> well, there's a reason why we're talking about the sport and not playing it. Joe Davidson of the Sacramento Bee joining us, kind enough to join us back. Normally we have you early on, but it's been a wild night tonight. A lot of games went long. You were at this Folsom Jesuit game, which, of course, we're going to talk about. Uh, but, I mean, are we spoiled or what just in this section already? So many great games through these first two weeks. We still have so many weeks to go. It certainly fires me up to continue to do this show. But you must think you have the best job in the world, Joe, covering all of the Sac Joaquin section football on a daily basis. Yeah, it's a great gig. I'm in my uh, 31st year at the B. Uh, that's pre-internet, you know, and all that, you know, the, the fun electronics that we have and technology and it is a great gig and um i'll tell you what though games are starting later than they've ever have and they're ending later than they've ever have uh because a lot of teams are running or throwing the ball and um you know that always stops the clock and sometimes jv games go long a lot of games are ending at 10 30 10 45 um and that's it takes a few weeks traditionally for for games to kind of settle down uh, and then and then they'll start to end earlier, and that's why we love the playoffs. The playoffs, you know, 7 p.m. Uh, kickoff 
without a JV game, and then you're home by curfew. Right now, we're all breaking curfew. <laughs> uh, before we get into tonight's games, Joe, you, you did a great piece about just attendance uh, in the Sac Joaquin football area just uh, and how it's down and revenue's down. Do you think some of these later starts and longer game times are part of it? And maybe, you know, don't give it away for free, but, you know, maybe just dive into a, the, that article a little bit for us as well. Well, no, you know, um, no, I don't think that's a real reason. And the, um, it's the playoff revenue that really took a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that uh, the story we had in the Sacramento B and the Sac Joaquin section um, is the second largest of the 10 in California, the largest being down there in the Los Angeles City section. And um, it was like $180,000 you know, less in gross revenue for, for the section football playoffs, all divisions. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, so, you know, three main reasons, um, you know, including um, there was the, the, the campfire up in Butte County that clogged all the air and all the smokes. So a lot of people weren't outside. They just weren't going to go to games. And then they got then the weather turned wet and people don't want to go to games sometimes for that. And, you know, even though the Folsom fans enjoy the Folsom Bulldogs product, of course, with all the winning this decade, uh, a lot of other fans don't. Um, Example in 2010, uh, Grant and Folsom played at Sacramento state for the section championship. And there was 18,000 people. There was packed. It was an electric, great vibe last season. At Sacramento State, twelve and O Monterey Twelve took on twelve and O Folsom, and not even four thousand people showed up. And Folsom rolled in that game. And so that's uh, you know what can you do? Do you put more games on Saturday nights? Well, the sections football advisory committee loves the idea, but none of the coaches or principals want to play on Saturdays because that means extra staffing. It's an extra day and overtime pay, and uh, so they all want to stay on Friday. Friday's the unique atmosphere. So. It's going to be interesting. I think what it's, you know, what, what can you do? There's nothing you can do until there's new blood, new new, new teams. And it looks like Folsom's going to be a team in that section final again. Del Oro uh, is in Division One and um, as well. And, um, you know, it's just, um, I just think it's a great product. Go out and watch, uh, you know, unless it's hailstorms and all that. But, um, um, you know, as we talked about before, guys, uh, this section continues to produce great football, small school, medium, and large. We had six teams in this sack working section that played for state championships last season. And Denair won, Hillmar won, um, and Rialinda won, and so did Folsom uh, out of the six. So the football's not getting worse. It's just the fan attendance is, is dipping in it. And that may just be a one-year deal. We'll, we'll see. Joe, so you we, we've talked about Folsom, and I mentioned earlier tonight, you know, checking in on the, the Folsom Jesuit game. I see it's 17-6, to 6, and for some reason I let my mind think, like, maybe this is the year that, you know, so, someone catches up to Folsom, and then, of course, yeah, Folsom ends up winning 52-12. to 12. Uh, Am I an idiot for thinking that? No, and I think, you know, if you think about dominating programs, whether it's you know, like the, the New England Patriots, people are always waiting. Hey, maybe it's the year that they, they fall down. Or in college football over the years, maybe this year that Alabama takes it like like it got taken on the chin last year. And in high school football around here, how about De La Salle? De La Salle extended its unbeaten streak against Northern California teams to 300 after beating Central Catholic and Modesto. They haven't lost to a NorCal team as far since 1992. So people have been waiting for that team to, to topple. Hasn't happened in NorCal. And Folsom has just dominated this decade. I think Folsom's record now this decade is 128 and 10 this decade. And that three of those losses were to De La Salle and a couple others were in the playoffs. So 
Uh, I thought Folsom was going to be vulnerable on the offensive line with, you know, they graduated seven offensive linemen, had no returning starters on the offensive line. They looked terrific tonight, the Bulldogs on, on, in the trenches. So we'll see. Dale South comes up to Folsom uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, and we'll see what happens there. And, um, you know, we'll see. It's a, that's the fun part of it. But, you know, the fun part for me as a reporter is, you know, chronicling a team like Folsom and, and how they continue to dominate the Bulldogs and do what they do, um, you know, because you, we want to be able to cover that story when somebody locally does beat them. It'll happen. I don't know if it's this year, but it'll happen. Uh, I'm talking locally. I, you know, I think we'll still have to favor Dale Sal against anybody in Northern California until – further notice joe i'm a little worried i teed you up to call me an idiot and you just went right past it and started talking football like you, you getting soft on me well well i i, I think i have to put the word blithering before i say yeah it. yeah no so, good uh, point good point yeah yeah see if it were sure. me he wouldn't have hesitated <laughs> he would have been he would have been ready to call me absolutely well to put I that it, just hung up yeah well i miss you too uh to put that yeah. day uh Del streak into perspective they haven't lost to a Northern California team in my lifetime. Like that's insane. That is an, inc- yes, that is an incredible, incredible achievement. It is. And and here's the other thing that's amazing about De La Salle is I've talked to a ton of coaches from this section. Granite Bay's played them before and, and Jesuit Del Oro three times and Folsom three times just this decade alone. And St. Mary's played them four times this decade. Uh, and not one of those coaches on the record or off the record, has ever said that De La Salle plays dirty or runs up the score or they taunt or showboat class organization. And because people will talk. If there's dirty play or taunting or running up the score, that yeah. word gets out. Um, so not only is De La Salle winning, but it's doing it with class and humility, and I think that's to be admired. That's happened since, 19, you know, since 1979 when Bob Latus took over as coach. He's now an assistant coach. Um, so since 1984, De La Salle has 385 wins against NorCal teams and four losses. So that, that's just incredible. And NorCal has good football. Um, and people, you know, it's just impressive. But as good as De La Salle has been, it's, it's got a gap to close in the recent years with modern day and Bosco Southern California, which is just a totally different animal. Yeah. And it's not normal high school football to me, modern day and Bosco down in Southern California. Just an incredible amount of transfers. A lot of kids um, stay back an extra year in middle school just so they could be 19 when they graduate, so they're older. It's just that's not pure high school stuff. There, um, it's just a, a totally different deal, and uh, you know, and, and, and now they're they pulled ahead those programs down there. Well, De La Salle is an incredible story, and they actually got some love on Hard Knocks this week with uh, Antonio Brown going and checking out one of their games, which was actually pretty cool. So they've always been a great story. But, Joe, as someone who writes these stories, you would know better than us. Chuck and I have been calling what Whitney High School has done so far through these first two weeks, going 2-0, and beating Placer tonight. Uh, we've called them so far the best story of this season. Now, it's very, very early, but to me, they are just can't miss in terms of coverage right now. Would you agree and, and share a little bit about what you think about Whitney going from 0-10 last year to a 2-0 and start? That's very impressive. And, and the other thing that's really neat is the student rooting section is terrific at Whitney. Great crowd. The students get into it. Uh, and that happened last week with the season opener. 
after after an 0-10 season. Normally, students just say, you know, I'm not doing that. And I was at a game last night at Chisimnes River College where Laguna Creek of the Oak Grove Unified School District had a huge student rooting section. Um, and that team went 1-9 last season and is 2-0 this season. So teams can turn it around. It's great to have good coaches in place. We're talking about De La Salle. The uh, Whitney coach is a De La Salle product uh, from down there. So uh, could you imagine being in that De La Salle environment with winning and success and then coming up and you're a first-time head coach and then you go 0-10? Yeah. I mean, you're thinking, wow. But he stuck it out. Uh, and, and to be 2-0 and is terrific. And uh, another team that was 0-10 last season was Pleasant Grove in Oak Grove. When 0-10 last season, Matt Costa returns as coach. They're 2-0, and the Eagles, and with an emphatic win over Kennedy last week and another one over Christian Brothers. Big win. So you can turn it around in quick order, and I, I think they're, uh, those are great stories. Rockland, 2-8 last season, a lot of competitive games. Jason Adams, longtime defensive coordinator, becomes the head coach, 2-0. and uh, you know, it's like, okay. Um, so uh, those things do happen. That's, that's what's kind of fun. If, if, if the bad teams were bad all the time, uh, that, that'd be unfortunate. If the great teams were great all the time, that'd be kind of bull, you know, dull after a while. Well, Joe, you know that we could talk to you all night. Unfortunately, we are up against it here as we're wrapping up the show. That's what happens when games go long and we can't get you until the very tail end of the night. We'll make sure to get you back on earlier uh, on ne- next week's show. Don't tell him that. He's going to make sure he calls in late now. All right, well. He's going to make sure. That's right. <laughs> on second thought, we don't need you. you How about that? secrets, man. We'll go to Cameron. We like Cameron better anyway. <laughs> That's right. Well, Cameron, well, good to join you guys, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll holler next week at you. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Joe. Cameron does a great job. Joe does a great job. The entire, uh, the entire Sacramento Bee staff does a phenomenal job. So thankful to it. We, we covered six games. We had six games covered tonight, the most we've had in probably 20 years. Uh, Sacramento Bee, SacBee.com, just a, a commitment to high school sports just like you guys, so we're all on the same page. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Joe. we got to get all six on next time. Absolutely. I love that he connected the dots with uh, with uh, McNally at Whitney being a, a, a De La Salle product and him talking about him building his his program there yeah. at Whitney, and now you kind of see where he's coming from and what he's looking to build, man. Well, that's uh, he's bringing in some certainly some good experience there. Again, thank you to Joe, and thank you to everybody for joining us on this fantastic show. If you missed any of it, check it out. The podcast edition, commercial-free, on-demand at KHDK.com and on the right. KHDK app. Chuck and I will be back next week for another episode of Friday Night Football. Until then, have a safe and fun Labor Day weekend. Grill something for me, and we'll talk to you soon. This has been Friday Night Football oh. on Sports 1140 KHDK.